Hey, this is Andy Jenkins. Welcome to the all brand new Warrior Hope podcast. Now, the goal of this is twofold. Every single week, what we try to do is empower warriors with healing from the past. And then the second thing is help identifying the next mission. So what you're going to see on the format of the podcast, this is the first episode, is really about a third of the time, I'm going to try to bring you the story of a warrior. About a third of the time, I'm going to try to bring you a service provider. And then about a third of the time, we'll bring you some content from the Warrior Hope Manual from some of the other uh, things that we put together, some of our resources. Now, here's what we believe. We believe that the enemy that most warriors face is isolation and, or it could be the sense that the best days that their purpose is way in the past. The reality is that the best days that the mission is ahead. So in the book, Warrior Hope, we really discuss those two objectives that I just mentioned, finding healing from the past, identifying the next mission. Some people need both. Some people need one. Some people need the other. Always, there is always somebody else that you can share that information with. So here's what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to walk with us because the reality is we're better together. Now, in this episode, I'm going to bring you Bob Waldrop. He's the executive director of Crosswinds. He founded the organization back in 2008. Bob's the co-writer and executive producer for the films Invisible Scars, uh, which addresses the trauma associated with PTSD and honoring the code, which deals with moral injury. Now, if you don't know what those two different things are, no worries. He's going to mention them a little bit in this episode, but I promise you over the next couple weeks, I'm just kind of looking at everything that's slated here to release. You're going to get lots of great information about both of those topics coming up. Now, in addition to those documentaries, Bob's authored or co-authored a stack of books. Most recently, it was the Warrior Hope curriculum, which we use at Centers of Hope. Now, Bob's been researching the emotional and mental traumas associated with military service really since about 2012. And that's really when he started speaking a lot. Since then, he's been interviewed, probably interviewed hundreds of veterans himself, and then been interviewed dozens of times really as an expert on the topics of military service, post-traumatic stress, moral injury. The curriculum that was produced, Warrior Hope, that is something that was designed in large part by him to encourage, equip, and empower veterans who attend the Centers of Hope and to get that word out to other people, including their families. Now, in this episode, we're going to discuss Bob's venture into those films and really what's happened since then. Now, here's a cool piece of information. I want to give you some backstory to all of this. Uh, Bob's father actually served in the 88th Infantry Division during World War II. After researching and producing the Invisible Scars film, Bob really kind of said to himself, he said, you know, I found myself reevaluating my own familial experience in light of these films. Through the process, I've realized now that my father didn't have the word for it back with World War II, but but it, it's not new. Post-traumatic stress isn't new. So he realized his dad actually suffered with post-traumatic stress. Uh, the experiences that he had in World War II clearly left their own scars. But in Bob's words, even though invisible scars, emotional scars are often invisible, the reality is that you still see them because you see the effects of them. So they could be seen in nightmares uh, that really plagued his sleep. They could be seen in the attitude with which he faced the world. They could be uh, seen in the alcohol, which offer temporary relief. And Bob said this, he said, I'm convinced that his life would have been different if someone could have back then shared with him some of the tools like Invisible Scars and some of the other resources that Crosswinds now has and makes available to veterans free of charge. Okay, so the films he created to serve others actually helped provide perspective for him on his own family. Here's the interview I have with Bob. Listen, I'll be in after the talk. Hey, I'm actually in the Crosswinds office here with Bob Walter. Uh, Bob, just make sure everybody kind of hears your voice so they know who you are. <laughs> well, well, let me just say uh, it's great to be with you, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity that we have just to talk a little bit about what we're doing here at Crosswinds. All right, so catch us up really quickly. Like, Give us the short versions of, because, I mean, this is the Warrior Hope podcast. What we're going to do is talk about Warrior Hope and the Centers of Hope and that sort of, all of the, the kind of the cluster of everything that goes around there, but... Before we get there, like just give us the short version of how you ended up at Crosswinds because you founded this. It was 
it's, a, it's been about a decade. Yeah, 11 years ago. Okay, so, so slightly yeah, And I'm sure people will be kind of curious, what in the world does Crosswinds have to do with anything connected with veterans or military? Yeah, but it's going to tie like right that. in. The story <coughs> completely but, fits. But what actually happened is prior to founding Crosswinds, I was involved in another organization that was uh, what's called an apologetics ministry, and, and that simply just means not that you're apologizing, I'm sorry, but that you're defending the faith, the Christian faith. Is, uh, so I'd done that for... That would be uh, why we believe certain things. Yeah, why we believe why certain we things. Is true if, yeah, if somebody to, else attacks it or says yeah. that's not right. So it's really a defense of the faith. If the, if the Christian faith is under attack, you know, it could be... Other religions could have apologists as well if their faith is under attack. Well, they, so, and they do. And they do. Yeah. So it's, it's just a defense. So I was involved in the, uh, the Christian faith. Um, but uh, I left that organization after about 15 years to found uh, Crosswinds because I wanted to get more involved in what was going on in the cultural discussions, cultural dialogues uh, that were out there. Or so, so not just defending the faith, but now how does faith speak to what's happening in society uh, what's happening in society how do we interact in culture okay uh, because historically the uh, uh well I, I won't say as far back in time as it goes but lately for the last five six decades the church has really struggled with how to get out in the culture in the mainstream and dialogue well, in an, an effective manner against certain things yeah, not necessarily yeah. for right okay yeah nobody can tell you what the church is for but they can tell you everything they're against yeah, <laughs> you right. know so we're, we're just looking at we need to have a different kind of dialogue. What is exactly is it that we believe in? If we do believe something is wrong, why do we believe that? Is there any basis for that? Is there any room for discussion? So that was the intent. We just wanted to get out in culture and uh, and have these dialogues about well, religion. Well, it's probably the other way, faith. too. If we believe certain things are right, why, why do those things even matter Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or if if the church, sometimes the church is just misunderstood. The Christian faith is misunderstood. Uh, Some way we sometimes we don't present it in a proper way. There's so much diversity in beliefs that are out there. So that was the purpose was to get out there and have that conversation. And of course, um, one of the primary uh, means today of communication is going to be through uh, video and film. you know, when uh, I was growing up, and I'm going to date myself now, Andy, uh, but when I was a young kid, I can remember people used to go sit out on the front porch and talk. Now, that wasn't in the 1800s, <laughs> like some may think, but, but that was just a way. You know, you knew each other, you knew your neighbors, and uh, you talked about the current events, the events of the day. Well, that's not how things work today. Today, we get so much of our information through social media, through video. Yeah, we through, don't even read the paper Through anymore. podcasting. Uh, you know, that's that's how we interact and how we get information. So I, I knew that for us to be successful, we'd have to get more into that kind of a, an approach that we would probably need to develop a media division. Okay. <clears throat> so after about uh, four or five years of doing this, I launched a, a media company called Front Porch Media. Oh, there's the name, the title, yeah, Front Porch Media, okay. And that's where the Front Porch comes from. I just Porch thought it was a clever from. name. <laughs> yeah, that's the background for Front Porch Media, to try to get those conversations going on again. Uh, of course, what I wanted to do at that point then is figure out what do we do with this Front Porch Media, what's our project going to be. So you launched the media company with no project. No pro- Well, I knew ultimately where I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't but have like a set script. didn't have set, a set okay. script. Uh, what I did realize is it takes funding to make something work and to be successful. Yeah, you got to put gas in the tank. So I had to figure out how are we going to fund this front porch media? And of course, the best way, the most effective way, I thought, was we'll produce uh, a, we'll get this project under production as a film of some kind. It doesn't yet exist. Get a project to be determined. And then we will, uh, we'll sell it. so, you know, it's kind of a, some people might say it's a backwards way of doing things, and it's probably not the smartest way to do it, but what you'll see is it worked out in a, in yeah, a whatever really, case, that's what a really big way, you know. So, I had a buddy that had worked with me at that former organization named Don Mallon, and Don, uh, when we had worked together, he had been deployed uh, to uh, Iraq uh, as a military chaplain, and so when he came back, Uh, I I knew he had experience uh, with what soldiers were struggling with because 
I asked him specifically, what was it like when you were over there? And his response was really uh, kind of weird. Uh, he said, and I could remember it because it was just so, the, the answer was so different, I thought, from the question. Yeah. He said, the first time I heard thunder when I got back, I thought I was under mortar fire. I'm thinking, I didn't ask you what it was like here. I said, what was it like over there? And what I began to realize is the over there was here with okay. him. He had brought the over there back. It was still part of him. And he told me that he had talked to other soldiers that had common experience. A lot of the guys had stayed in touch yeah. with him. Well, you know, that was, uh, that was almost 20 years ago now. Uh, but... Uh, when it got time to produce our first film, I just called Don up and I said, you know, what's the best documentary or film available to help someone with post-traumatic stress syndrome or disorder? And he thought about it for a while. And he said, well, you know, there's not really one out there. And so I had that aha moment. This is the film that I'll make. Because there's not a, comp a competitor out there. So it goes back to the conversation with Don. So it goes way back to that conversation that we had had some 15 years earlier at that Military time. Okay, so let's give Don a shout out real quick. Because he's doing some work right now that is related to all of this. Still. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, of course, when I started Crosswinds, uh, one of the things we're trying to do is, when I say work in culture, there are various segments of culture here. By culture... Uh, we don't always identify with with every culture that's there. Yeah. For example, the military is a culture unto itself. <clears throat> so if you haven't been in the military, then you're not going to really be very adaptable in dealing with people who are in that culture. So Don said he would when we started talking about crosswinds. He said, "Man, I would like to join you and kind of do something to help vets and to." work in that segment of culture, which I thought was great yeah. because the, you got an the, the big idea for Crosswinds is that it's an umbrella organization. And if someone comes to us and said, hey, I've got a, an idea about how to reach people in culture or how to engage culture or a specific segment of culture, and if it's something that fits within our mission, then we'll take them under our wing and try to help nurture them to do that. So okay. that's what we were doing with Don. So he wanted to uh, have this outreach and he called it cross swords okay and uh, so military that, outreach military outreach so that just kind of launched that okay so that was kind of the background of why i'm going back to don also about the uh, documentary on ptsd i'm gonna put a link to don's info in the show notes here and then uh, i'm actually gonna get him on the show but uh, yeah because don's don's real crucial to this whole aspect yeah, of the military part of the ministry. story yeah you know, he so, was the lynch so yeah. don's like yeah there's not one so you think? Yeah. So this I'm is thinking this is the way to do it. So I'm thinking, okay, this will be great uh, because it'll help soldiers, it'll help veterans, but it'll also help the general population understand what PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is. So we get ready to do it. I'm and I'm seeing every DVD sells for 19.95 because that's what they were selling for about four or five years ago. Yeah. So the, yeah, so, this is DVD world. This, this is, is DVD world. Right? Yeah, the, yeah. This is. This is not, not even the Netflix. world of streaming at this yeah. point. You know, people are people are still going to stores and buying DVDs. So I'm thinking, you know, 19.95 per DVD that will fund the next project. And the next project, I wanted to get more into cultural apologetics. That was yeah. my. That's where I eventually wanted to go. So we start producing this. The problem is the director uh, Eugene Quavis, who was uh, working with us, heading up uh, front porch at the time. Eugene brings in the first, you know, kind of out rushes of, you know, films that he had done, interviews with soldiers for me to listen to. Yeah. And so I, these are real soldier stories. These are real this soldier stories. This isn't just this random is, information that you read in a book. This no, is raw. Okay. This is raw. And so I'm listening to these soldiers pouring their heart out and telling their stories and, you know, listening to the impact that war has had in their lives and the lives of their families, the disruption that it has been, not just when they were there, but continues to be in their lives and how the, the struggle to find help and to get the help that they need. And as I'm listening to these, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm grown man crying tears. Listening to these stories are so heartrending. And after I listened to a few of them, I turned to Eugene, who was there to observe my reaction, you know. So I'd give him He's the, the employee. I'd give him the attaboy, you know. Good job, but it, it, but I couldn't. It, it, he did a great job, but I couldn't really say this is a great job 
Instead, I said, you know what? After listening to these stories, there's no way we can sell this DVD. It can be too impactful, too helpful. We're going to have to make a commitment to give this DVD away to any soldier, veteran, or family member who wants a copy. So everything was turned upside down. What had been intended to produce income for future projects yeah. was now going to become a financial drain. Oh, and I'm looking at this like I just ran the numbers because I know there's probably forty thousand of them that are out there. Uh, oh yeah, and that would have been twenty bucks a pop. That would have been eight hundred thousand dollars, you know, minus the expenses. But I mean, that would have been. It, that, it's a, that's some it's a significant amount of money that. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was the right decision. It was, okay. yeah, I'll, Wouldn't uh, redo without it. question. So, yeah. I, again, to go back to where I started, this is probably not the way you would have done it to, yeah. to develop a media company with no project in mind and, and then, then come up with a project and then figure this out and then end up doing it for free. So it's actually uh, cost you even more to have this media company. But we began to give these DVDs away after they were uh, produced. And as you mentioned, it's been a phenomenal success. We've had uh, veterans from all over the country uh, request it. We've had uh, requests from six continents. Uh, six? Six different continents. I I'm sorry, five continents. We're working on getting somebody from Australia. <laughs> to, but uh, but we, say, Antarctica's going to be, Antarctica's gonna Antarctica, be a, a, a really hard one, I think. But who knows? I mean, you never can tell what what God's going to do with this. But, you know, the requests have come in from foreign countries. Yeah. Uh, we even had uh, one individual who works with uh, uh, Serbs and Croatians in the uh, with the conflict that they've been through that saw our film and asked for a whole case of them. And he said, I think this has application for what I'm doing to help soldiers here. So it's been a tremendous success in that regard. Organizations, uh, VA centers, uh Veteran organizations have requested cases and cases of them, which they give away as well. We provide those to them for free as long as they'll give them away for free. Yeah. You know? So it's it's literally just taken over. But that led us to our next project. In studying, okay, the, na the name of this one is... This one's Invisible, Invisible Scars. Because yeah. the argument being when soldiers return from war, sometimes they have a scar, arm, leg, physical injury. Like I, I interviewed Scott Strickland today, a guy that was really instrumental in helping us put together... Yeah. Absolutely. The Warrior Hope curriculum, and he talked about physical injuries that he had, but he also had injuries you couldn't see. So post-traumatic stress, an invisible wound. That's right. As serious as, maybe even more serious than the physical one. Some yeah, agree. and you can actually see when the healing takes place of a physical scar. That yeah. physical scar tells you that healing has taken place. Well, it tells you that something's there you yeah. need to address, <laughs> That's whereas right. the invisible one... The invisible, one, you, you know, you know it's so often soldiers, uh, they don't tend to these invisible scars, uh, the mental, emotional trauma that they experience. Yeah. Their training teaches them to push forward, keep going, and, you know, they don't see it as debilitating. It's not like a broken leg. Right. And, you know, oftentimes you'll hear stories, you know, warriors with broken legs will continue to try to persevere oh, and yeah. keep fighting I mean, as they well. do. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's part of that training to keep going that uh, uh, hinders them from seeing that there's actual need that needs to be yeah. taken care and we'll, of. We'll come back. We'll do an episode on PTSD, just uh, an episode only on that to where people can yeah, oh, get yeah. more information since we don't have time to go deep into that here. Yeah. But so you do the first film. So I do the first film, but in researching the first film, <clears throat> I kept coming across this thing called moral injury. And, uh, you know, didn't really have time to look at it carefully, but it's one of those things you kind of put aside and say, this is interesting. I think I want to come back and take a look at it. So after we finished the film, I did, I looked at it, and I thought, man, this is probably more of a problem than PTSD is, but it gets very little, if any, attention. Uh, there were only a few clinicians were actually dealing with it. Uh, as they began to understand it, they realized it was not a segment of PTS, but something entirely different from that. Uh, so we thought, okay, let's do a documentary on moral injury. All right, real quick, because I know people haven't heard that, let's give just a couple bullet points, maybe in two minutes or less, that would be the difference between post-traumatic stress disorder and moral injury. Yeah, PT, uh, PTSD is where 
you participate in or observe something, and we're talking specific to the military right now, because yeah. you don't you don't have to be in the military service or combat to uh, suffer PTSD. You can get that in other places as well. But in speaking of the military, it's typically some, some event, an action you took that was so traumatic uh, that it caused you, whenever you relive that experience, to have kind of a flight or fright approach to it. Uh, you know, you're, or, or fight, I'm sorry, flight or fight. You're either going to run from it or you're going to you're going to fight it. It's usually an external and, threat, isn't and it, it? Yeah, an external, it, or it could be something, It's uh, it could be a sound. You often hear like a, a truck may backfire. Or like Malin said, the thunder and mortar. Yeah, thunder and mortar. So this truck backfires and suddenly you're with a warrior and he drops down and rolls, <laughs> you know, gets to cover. And uh, for you, it was like, well, that was a truck backfire. But what's going on? Uh, but it's still ingrained in him the experiences of war that he carries with him. Moral injury is uh, something that you've participated in, observed, that carries with it guilt or remorse, uh, sorrow. You feel like you've done something wrong. You feel like you've violated your moral conscience. Um, for example, almost every soldier, warrior that we interviewed uh, could vividly remember their first kill. And almost to a person uh, they would say, uh, you know, here I had been always taught thou shalt not kill and I'm having to take out this guy's life right now. So it created this moral dilemma that the military code says you have to kill the enemy, but their personal code says you don't take human life. So you have to resolve this conflict. And, and fortunately, for the overwhelming majority of warriors, they're able to work through this. They understand they can, they can segment this, distinguish from war, the combat, the responsibilities of that with their non-warrior responsibilities. But for some 25 plus percent, they continue to struggle with that. They carry these memories with them. And they have a sense that you know, they're, uh, they're in great shame or they feel great guilt over that. They That's, carry that with them into life. And so the those who study this uh, determine that the only uh, cure for this is forgiveness. To be forg For them to be forgiven by someone they believe has the moral authority uh, to forgive them, to say it's okay uh, what you did, and to help them work through that. Uh, PTSD is often treated with medication uh, but medication can't treat moral injury. Uh, now, you know, without getting too deep into it, just as a as a real quick uh, aside, moral injury is often treated as PTSD. So they can confuse it. They'll confuse it, and yeah. therefore the treatment is ineffective. Right. Uh, you can't medicate that out. Well, I remember watching the film footage. Uh, one of the gentlemen in the film he had described PTSD. Obviously, had these great issues. Uh, that were going on by, by his admission he's there you know crying like opening his heart up and he says he went in to get uh, diagnosed and they did not diagnose him with PTSD he clearly did not have PTSD but you can look at him he obviously has a lot going on internally yeah absolutely and yeah the individual we're talking about I remember uh, when that interview was done and I couldn't believe he didn't get a diagnosis he was interviewed for invisible scars yeah first film. about the first film I couldn't believe he didn't get a diagnosis but then after I began to learn about moral injury and research it I thought back on his interview and I said well he didn't have PTSD that was the correct diagnosis no PTSD yeah he had moral injury, but unfortunately, moral injury is not uh, accepted or approved or identified, recognized. Well, it's not even in the diagnostic manual, so you can't. Manual. So it's impossible you, to get a diagnosis. You can't get a diagnosis for it, and that's probably one of the reasons that oftentimes it is misdiagnosed. Just yeah. uh, because in order to diagnose somebody, the only diagnosis available for you is PTSD. Right, and so it seems like maybe, maybe uh, PTSD is a response to an external thing. And, yeah, and moral injury seems to be probably because of something external that happened, but it's an internal. Right, you it's, can't get away from it. That old yeah. saying, "Wherever you go, there you are." Yep, exactly, exactly. 
So, so, so we finished that second film, and the title of it is Honoring the Code, and guess what we did? You sold it for $20 a DVD and made all the money back to invest in. <laughs> that would have been the original plan, but no, we no. said we're going to give this give one away. away free also. Okay. So now we uh, have given that, uh, we make that available as well, and again, it's... Uh, Almost everyone that requests a, a film now requests both copies of the films. Now, you know, if you uh, probably about three years ago when you and I kind of connected on doing some things together and uh, you started learning more about uh, PTSD and moral injury, you had this idea about streaming them and how we could stream them and started us thinking in that direction. And yeah. so now they are available uh, on the warriorsonmission.com website. I mean, you, we'll put links to this. Yeah, yeah you can go on there. And get it and you, if you're a, a warrior or immediate family member, you can create your own account and you can go stream both of those films for free on any device you have anywhere you are that you can connect up to the internet. It's, uh, and it's probably good for people to, their families to get that. Maybe just as a side note, because a lot of times the person that comes back from deployment is a different person just because, I mean, it would be natural. You, you go anywhere for a year, two years, you come back, that life experience has changed you, much less if you go to, or say it a different way, much more if you go to uh, an intense life experience right. where there's a real perceived threat uh, and you've endured trauma and endured separation, you've endured uh, physical endurance, you've endured uh, assault you come back, you're going to be different. And so it's very helpful for family members to get into that because sometimes they don't understand, they do want to understand, they can stream that, and then it maybe puts language to something that the service member might want to uh, guard them from, from their own experience, yeah. or um, may not even be able to convey in words, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a big problem is that family members want to understand. They want to know. They will ask the warrior about these things. But, you know, in his head, he's got the worst possible thing that you could think of, or in, in her head. Yeah. Uh, they've got the worst possible thing that you could think of. And you, why would you want to plant that image in the mind of your loved ones? Right. You know, they just can't, they can't talk to them about it. But yet they need to talk to them. The, the family member needs to understand what they're going through. And that's one of the great things that we found the film has done because a, a warrior can show this film to his wife, to his kids, uh, or you know, if it's a, a, a female warrior to her husband and kids, and they can see the trauma that their loved one has experienced in the lives of others. Uh, I'll never forget one of the one of my favorite emails from some a soldier after watching the film is a real basic two sentences. It said, last night I watched your film with my wife. When it was over, she turned to me and said, now I get it. Just by watching those films, it opened up an understanding about what her husband was going through. And that's one of the things that when I sat back that first day and saw the first rushes that came in, that's what I realized or what I believe, that this film could be so impacting that it would help not only the warriors, but it would help families as well and help yeah. them reconnect to each other. All right, well that, that line right there that you said, you know, now my wife gets it, that's a line that we used in the book. Uh, that I, I remember it, let's, let's talk about the leap from film number one to film number two to couple years later, we start writing and putting together material. Yeah, so we've done two films. We've covered post-traumatic stress disorder. We've covered moral injury. So we've taken care of mental, emotional, spiritual dimensions of combat, uh, being a warrior. And I'm ready to shelve it. You know, we've done it. We've done our part. Here it is. We'll continue to provide these for free. Anybody that wants them. But we're not making any more uh, films connected to military service, we're not doing anything further. What happened is we kept getting calls from people all over the country, where can I get help? Where can I find this help? Well, we couldn't possibly vet uh, all the organizations in every state to say, here's somebody that would help you. So it yeah. created, that's why at the end of the, we've had people say, well, you should have put a list of people that can help you at the end of the film. Well, 
we couldn't. That would have been, you know, taken another 15, 20 minutes at least just to scroll names. Well, there's incredible organizations it, yeah. out there doing a lot of amazing it, things. There are plenty of them. So how do they connect with that? How do they find that? So because we kept getting all of these calls, we realized, well, there's a real need out there. And I knew from our films that there's a real power in connecting with others through storytelling. I would watch when we would uh, show a film or premiere it in a movie theater, you could tell who the vets were in the theater because as a vet on screen was telling his story, you would see them nudging each other, you know, with their elbows, hitting each other in yeah. the side. And they were identifying Started that. to shake their heads. Yeah, so we realized that Part of the healing process, and probably a very important part of the healing process, is to begin to share your story with others. But you don't feel comfortable telling your family about it. You don't want to put these images. So we thought, what if soldiers, warriors, could come together and share their stories with one another? And, you know, there's a great healing when I talk to somebody about something going on in my life, and they realize it's going on in their life as well, and they say, well, me too. You know, uh, I, I thought it was just me, but I realize it's more than just me. This is much more common than I thought. So we, we started thinking, what if we could put together a, a place where soldiers, warriors could come together, share their stories, and find healing? And we just started referring to those offhandedly as where they could get hope, a center of hope, a place of hope. So we came up with this idea for centers of hope. And it's, uh, it's really not about a building, it's not about a place, it's not even about the meeting. It's about soldiers connecting with each other. It's one of the old sarges in the film uh, refers to it as getting in a web. Yeah. Finding a web and connecting with each other. So we began to think about our, what would they talk about, how would we get them talking, and through that, uh, long story short, we began to develop a curriculum, an interactive curriculum that could be done in a group environment led by warriors, for warriors, uh, to help them at least begin working through the process of finding healing. And hopefully, you know, we're not trying to say, hey, if you get in this, you're gonna be healed, you're gonna be cured completely. Right. But hopefully it's a starting place that you'll realize from interacting with others who have found the hope that they need, that you'll find the place where you need to be, whether if that's in counseling, uh, professional counseling or finding that person who can give you the forgiveness you feel like you need, but connecting again, finding healing for your past so that you can move forward and live in the present and have a future. And, and I imagine giving them language for some stuff that they're experiencing that they may not quite have language for. Um, because terms like, I mean, now you look on social media, so many people are armchair psychologists and they throw out terms like trauma, PTSD, Gaslighting, uh, you know, they, uh, moral, moral injury is not out there that much. They throw out all these terms, but nobody really necessarily defines them, and they're real terms. Right. But it's how do you how do you understand these when you've been through something in a way that oh yeah that's it, and, and then you find out that people that have endured that they're they're not uh, any crazier than the person who has a physical injury with a broken bone or a broken leg. It just right. is a different kind of injury. That's right. And then all of a sudden there's this commonality where you you can get the healing and the help and the wholeness that, that you need. Absolutely. And that's the whole purpose. You know, now <coughs> we've got designs for growing this out even more for additional curriculum that can be developed. Uh, but... You know, it all began because I wanted to make 1995 per DVD to do other projects. And it just shows you that oftentimes what you think is the plan is not the plan that God has. Right. And he's able to intervene and say, I'll work the plan out that I want. I know this is what you're thinking, Bob, but this is what uh, I can do. So pretty much all those other ideas have been shelved, the ones that, the ones that you were going to find with <laughs> that's right. And this is the one that's really been consuming for the organization, and it's become consuming because it's so effective. Right. And it's so needed. 
okay, uh, there, in our culture. There's a couple things I want to hit before we sign off. Is is one, let's just talk through the outline of the book. Not, not all the details, but just maybe that hope. I know that's an acronym. Um, and two, let's just talk about, I know some of the people that are listening probably want the help. Um, or some of them may simultaneously want the help and want to help others. And then some just want to lead a group. They're, they're just like, hey, I, I've got a group of veterans somewhere. And whether it's a Sunday school class or a small group or guys that meet at the DAV or guys from an American Legion or guys that just as veterans get together and eat lunch or breakfast or drink beer together, you know, whatever. But they're like, hey, we, we would like to try that. Let's, let's talk through those three scenarios right there. So the first one, the outline of the book, the acronym HOPE. Yeah, the H-O-P-E. outline of the book, of course, we called it Centers of Hope. And yeah. HOPE is an acronym that stands for, first of all, healing, the need for healing. So we want you to come in and find healing in this environment. Uh, but also an opportunity, an opportunity to connect with other veterans, yeah. to connect with service providers who are out there. In other words, organizations, groups, individuals who help warriors, who help veterans. Uh, we, uh, we make the material in such a way that you can connect with some of those. Get that information we couldn't put in the film about if you're in uh, Washington leading a group, uh, that group out there will vet some local folks that you can connect with. So connect with soldiers, connect with service providers, yeah. but also to connect with a mission, an opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to connect with a mission. One of the things I hear uh, or heard constantly in interviewing soldiers is that when I got back, I no longer had a mission. Okay, There's just a void. I don't know what to do. You know, One of them told me I've become a bench warmer in my home. There's not a place for me. They learned how to function without me. So they've gone from these high-level, high-skilled positions uh, in military service to basically becoming uh, not needed, uh, maybe not even useful in the home as the way they perceive themselves. Right. So you want to have an opportunity to be on mission. And then we want them to have the P, to have peace. You know, peace with your past and your present and your future so you can keep moving forward. Resolve those issues that are out there. And then the final one, the E, is empowerment. And that's the empowerment to move forward okay. and to connect with that next mission, to connect with that purpose in life, to have that realization of the value and the benefit that you have to this society and that some of those very things that you were trained in in the military service will have applications here, that you're still the soldier that you were, you're still the warrior. Training still works. That you were, it still works. So, so H, healing, O, opportunity, P, peace, peace. E, Empowerment. Empowerment. And so they, they may need one of those. They may need all of them. They may just need to have the information to give to others. Come in where you are and then get all the information, get tooled, and then go back on mission. Um, let's talk about what what do people do if they are listening to this and they want to get involved with a group. They're a veteran and they want to that they want access to the material. How can they get access either to a group or the material? Yeah. <clears throat> of course, the best thing to do is go to... Um, thecentersofhope.com okay. and that's a website now at the time we're doing this podcast we're still building it out but you can get the basic we'll always infor- be building it out you get the basic information there about how to connect uh, hopefully what happens is that some that go through the process that E that empowerment is yeah. to lead groups yeah. to become a facilitator so you can uh, we'll show you how to do that as well uh, once you go through that we would encourage you to get involved in, in leading and helping others you, you know don't leave any man behind or, you know, get in there and, and help. So you can uh, you can get that training. Uh, one of the great things is this weekend, as we're doing this podcast, we're going to be having a training uh, leadership conference where we're actually going to meet for a Friday evening and all day on Saturday. And we're going right. to train facilitators. And we've got folks coming in from New York, Ohio, uh, Illinois, Georgia, Mississippi, as well as those in Alabama all being trained to take this back to their states and to begin uh, leading centers of hope in their state. So the best thing to do is just connect with us through the website. Uh, we'll try to connect you if there's a group in your area. Yeah. If not, well, we'll tell you what to do. But you can also get the materials there. You can order materials. And if you don't have a group, you can work through it on your own. So but what I work. encourage is... Hey, get if you're going to get the book, get ten of them and find nine of your battle buddies, <laughs> and y'all start meeting together, working through the material. Well, and they can access the video material uh, online as well. That's right, and start working through all of that. Um, th- this is a phenomenal 
project. I'm honored to be part of it. What, what's the maybe the final thing that you want to say as we kind of start wrapping all of this up? Well, the, the thing I would say is if you're a warrior and things just don't seem right, uh, if there's something going on, if you uh, particularly feel uh, the need to end it all, don't get help. Uh, we, we really wanted to build this project because 22 warriors, veterans, commit suicide every day. And that's, that's a number that we've just got to do away with. And a lot of it is because they feel like they don't have a place to turn to. So I would just end by saying, you know, if, if you're struggling, get help. Contact the VA. Call the Veterans Crisis number. And uh, we can put a link to that as well for you. Uh, talk to somebody. Reach out to another veteran. You're going to find that you're not alone, that others have the same feelings you have. They're struggling with the same issues that you are. It's not that you're flawed. It's not that you're weak. It's not that something's wrong with you individually that's unlike anybody else. Just share your story with other veterans, and you'll find out that they struggle with the exact same things. And there is hope, there is help, you can make it. Thanks so much for joining us. If you could do us a favor, it would be huge if you could go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or wherever you listen to this episode. That helps us because those providers then know what content to shuffle and then show other people. While you're there, leave us a review and and then share it. Uh, We would love for you to just tag me or our organization on social media, take a picture, snap it while you're driving, while you're commuting, while you're at your office, you're at your house, you're cooking, whatever it is that you're doing, just kind of snap it. Hey, I'm listening to this one. I'm right here and even tell us something uh, that you learned. And and then I I finally, I've got something for you. If you'll go to our website, Crosswinds has a free PTSD self-assessment. It's just at warriorhope.com. Look in the show notes. I'll provide a link for you right there. Now, our goal is not to diagnose, treat, or prescribe anyone. Most people are not even diagnosable, but we could all benefit from emotional intelligence. We could all benefit from raising our emotional quotient. You think about it, a 70% workable lung is not good. A 50% fractured arm or bone is unusable. Any wound on the soul, any any wound on the emotions, it deserves to be treated in the same way you'd focus on those physical wounds. So go check it out. It's absolutely free. Takes less than three minutes, 10 yes, no questions. You get instant answers, and then you just kind of know, hey, here's where I go from here. Thanks for listening. As always, walk with me. We're better together. I'll talk to you again soon.